0: Real people, real opinions,
1: Real Talk Radio, the multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Hits.
0: With all this talk about RTE and the scandal, it kind of got us talking to the office about employers and employees' rights and what a minefield it all is. And well, the people in the middle, uh, supposed to help, are the HR people. I'm sure you're all well aware of HR people and what their job is. They're the go-between, between between you and your employer when there's an issue. So here to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to being employed in Ireland is Joe Thompson. And Joe is a HR consultant with Insight HR and he's here to answer your questions. I'm going to go to Joe in a second. But before I do, if you have any questions at all in relation to, you know, employment, how you should be treated what you can do if you're treated badly, sexual harassment, which we were talking about a second ago, um, uh, promotions that you're not getting and you feel you're being discriminated against, or whatever it happens to be, in relation to HR in employment, let us know. You can text 087-188-0008 and Joe joins me in the air. Good evening to you, Joe. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for
1: having me.
0: You're welcome, Joe. Now, I, I don't know, do, do you get many complaints into inside HR? I mean, is, 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 HR is obviously a huge business, But is it getting busier? In other words, are people standing up for their rights a little bit more than they ever did before?
1: Sorry, HR's profession is is growing all the time in terms of what we are responsible for. But when it comes to complaints, yeah, it's something that's definitely becoming more and more pervasive, particularly things like bullying and sexual harassment and harassment in general. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, year on year, it it becomes bigger. Ever since people start to go back into the workplace again after covid Things happen in terms of interpersonal problems with each other. But I mean, sexual harassment is is a huge issue at the moment. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so what we have to say, and actually in our last topic, somebody mentioned something about, you know, even if you compliment a woman in work nowadays, they can take a, an action against you for sexual harassment in the workplace. And we hear a lot of that in the labour courts. Um, but do is it a case that we need to be very careful nowadays to keep our work strictly professional, and, you know, everything else is for the pub, so to speak.
1: Essentially, what happens is if somebody feels that conduct is not fair, is um, undermining them, is making them feel uncomfortable, then they have the right to make a complaint about that. It's how the behaviour is seen by the person who receives the conduct. So, I mean, sexual harassment, by definition, is any form of unwanted conduct of a sexual nature, and that can be physical, verbal, nonverbal, that has a the effect of violating a person's dignity at work. So it's a very open kind of definition of, of what, what can be perceived as sexual harassment. Mm. So and y- as an employee, you have the right to go to your employer and make a complaint and for that complaint to be investigated.
0: And sexual harassment, of course, can take many forms, you know, in relation to even just a person's gender. Uh, i.e. that somebody's missing out on promotions because they're a woman or because they're a man, depending on the circumstance. Is that common as well that, you know, we're still having this, you know, I suppose this discrimination in the workplace, be it for men or women, primarily probably for women, but is that still a problem in the workplace?
1: It is because it's, but it's something that's being addressed through, you know, gender pay gap reporting, for example. I mean, four years ago, there was a, you know, the CIPD, which is the Chartered Institute of um, Personal Development, did a survey that found that 14% of um, companies had, sorry, there was a 14% differential between men's pay and women's pay four years ago, and 80% of companies weren't even looking at the difference in pay between men and women. That's starting to change now because it's law for you if you have over 250 employees to do a gender pay gap report. So it's something that's being looked at. And it's
0: And how how is that happening, Joe? When we've got a situation since the 1980s where we have legislation that you must pay a woman the same amount of money for the same job for the same time as a man, how then do we have reports coming out saying that thing? Is it a case that women are just not being given the right jobs, whether a job is being labelled differently so they can pay them less? How do companies get away with doing it?
1: Well, they got away with doing it for a long time because they didn't have to say how much they were paying publicly now that's changed and you have to do a report on that the biggest hurdle when it comes to equality in the workplace in in lot of ways is the unconscious bias of managers the women have found it more difficult to get into positions of influence but when that changes then the amount of pay and the, the pay gap differential will change with it
0: Okay, and so there's, and there's been a lot of improvements in that department. And we've seen, by the way, I know we can't avoid talking about RTE, but of course in RTE, the very famous case of Sharon Yviolan, the newsreader, and Brian Dobson, of course, was in the news quite a lot, going back about four or five years ago, where she was doing essentially the same job but being paid less. I'm assuming that's probably been addressed within RTE, and if it is, it certainly will be now at this stage. What's happening in RTE at the moment... Um, i suppose it's a classic example of where hr comes in really because you've got staff on the lower echelon you know who took massive pay cuts you've got the talent inverted commas who were on huge amounts of money uh, and a huge pay differential between different staff doing different things now i understand people other people get paid you know different amounts for talent but i imagine rte is a hr nightmare at the moment
1: i mean uh you know, I don't want to go into detail about what's happened at RT, but RT, uh, you know, have had high-profile cases when it comes to age discrimination as well as um, gender discrimination as well. Mm-hmm. It's something that obviously that they're going to have to look at in, in more detail and work out from the ground up, really. But I think you said earlier on the show that to, to address the issues with pay a lot of the contracts that have gone through RT are going to have to expire so they can start again in many ways and and maybe flatten out the pay scale from there. Mm -hmm.
0: In relation to ageism and you know and that's a big issue of course in employment in Ireland when I'm in America I don't see that they've addressed that pretty much I mean you go into you know a lot of kind of supermarkets you see 80 and 90 year old people working there you know, maybe doing a smaller jobs or whatever it is, but still working there. There's there's no issue around hiring people with disabilities, people who are, you know, who are older. But yet in Ireland, we see blatant discrimination. If you're over the age of 50 and you're unemployed, you're less likely to get a job than somebody who's 30, even though you may have more experience, but you're less likely to get that job. Uh, that's hard to address because it's human nature, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it comes back to unconscious biases. If employers start to become more aware that somebody in their 50s has so much still to offer the workplace, then that will change. People aren't spent when they get to 50 years old. You know, taking into consideration America there, there are no social protections for American people when it comes to the workplace. When it comes, we have so many protections here in terms of legislation for the employee, for the employee that they don't have in America. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the age situation, yeah, I agree that you know there is more that can be done to introduce people into the workplace who are looking for a job in their 50s.
0: The basic stuff, I suppose, when it comes to HR, a lot of people always believe the HR company within the firm or on the firm's side, they're meant to be impartial. Are they generally impartial?
1: HR is there in the work context to make sure that the business can be Profitable, to be, to add value to a business. By adding value, you don't just work with the company against the employee in any way. You you know, the, employee, the employees are the lifeblood of the company. They need to be looked after, and they need HR to be there as somebody who is neutral so that they can go and speak to them about issues, such as sexual harassment, such as bullying. If they have a grievance, they need to be able to go and speak to somebody and put in that complaint to them. So, I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased, I I don't believe that HR mm. is inherently on the side of the of of the employer. I mean, it, traditionally the idea of HR was was tea and sympathy for the employee if they got up so they can go and have a cup of tea with yeah. the person who sat in HR. But it's much more strategic now, you know. And we we put out a um, a LinkedIn survey quite recently where 68% of um companies said they're finding it very difficult to keep up to date with changes in employment law, without a HR department, you're going to find it incredibly difficult to keep up with the changes. what I mean like statutory sick pay, for example, this year. Is,
0: is, it, is it a legal requirement, by the way, for a company to have a HR department?
1: It's not a legal requirement for them to have a HR department, which is essentially why HR consultancies like us exist. So when they do need help with HR issues, they can come to us. We do everything from invest, uh, workplace investigations. We do contracts, handbooks. We also do training on things like dignity and respect so that people in the workplace understand, by like going back to the initial point, what's acceptable in the workplace and what isn't acceptable, what what the definition of bullying is and what the definition of sexual harassment and harassment is as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And in relation to, say, like you gave an example of bullying, which is a very common problem within the workplace, uh, be it both your employer and bullying you or other staff members bullying you, What is the correct procedure? If somebody's listening tonight and they feel they're being bullied, let's say being bullied by their employer, their boss, themselves, their line manager or whatever it happens to be. I mean, it's very difficult to go over the top of the line manager because you can't complain to the line manager if they're the one bullying you. So what do you do?
1: I mean, if you have a HR department, you can go to the HR department, but your company should have in place a a policy and procedure for you to follow in that situation. There should be a handbook, and there should be a policy to follow that will be in line with the code of practice on bullying and so the Code of practice on bullying tells companies how to process the, the complaint and there's actually a number of different avenues you can go go down as in say if I'm making a complaint as an employee you know I can look at it going through an informal process where I, you know, I could go up and speak to the person and say i'm finding the way you're treating me to be unfair and I feel bullied. Not many people feel very comfortable doing that, which is understandable. But there is nothing wrong with going over to your line manager. In some cases, it's very important to do that. Some companies are big enough to have a contact person as well who is trained to deal with bullying complaints as well. So there are different avenues you can go down, Mm -hmm. but it is important for a company to have a dignity and respect policy that would encompass a bullying policy and a harassment and sexual harassment policy.
0: In relation to you know when you start in a new job, uh, the probation period. So there is a bit of confusion about that. Um, is there a legal probation period? Three months, six months, one year? What is? At what point do you actually have rights where they can turn around to you and say, "Listen, you're useless. Get out of here." Where, where where does the point come where you know you're you're in steady employment and you have rights? I
1: mean, essentially, um, probationary periods now. There's a there really is a six-month period whereby if you can judge somebody's performance within those six months and then after six months they pass their probationary period depending on the contract if you've got somebody who's on a fixed-term contract for say a year it's not fair then to have a six-month probation period for half the duration of that contract it could be for three months Mm -hmm. but six months really now is is the end point you can't really extend it unless you're doing it because the person was out sick for the vast majority of the time they're on probation for one of those reasons. You really do need to, as an employer, to judge somebody's performance within that six month period. And after that, you know, there's still another six months between, whereby you, you may still be let go by your employer and you wouldn't really have too much of recourse because you need a year's service to get, um, access to the unfair dismissal act.
0: Okay. Uh, somebody says here in a question, uh, can you ask your guy, I started a job, uh, was given a contract, but never actually signed it because my boss forgot the contract was uh, very employer centric. Am I better off not ever signing it? So I don't know how long the person has employment but or in the employment of the company, but they, they never got to sign the contract and people seem to have forgotten about it. But the, I think once you're working there, it's accepted that you've accepted the contract. I imagine. I don't know.
1: Yeah, as long as you've been sent a contract to employment within the first two months of your employment, your employer is compliant. And even if you haven't signed it, if you haven't gone back to them and said that you have an issue with this contract or that you're working under protest or the terms and conditions of that contract, it becomes an implied agreement. All right. So even if he hasn't signed it, he's still, because there's been no complaint about his contract,
0: he's then bound by it. Um, Would your guest advise people not to go to Christmas parties? (laughs) Now, I I I suppose we're a bit early in the year to be talking about Christmas parties. But I I suppose it is one of those questions, isn't it? Most of the problems seem to happen at Christmas parties. Um,
1: To to be honest with you, HR consultancies like us, we we do get very busy between January, February (laughs) and March from Christmas parties. Um, Yeah, they do seem to be a a touch point for issues Mm -hmm. to that go on for a long time. You know, you, you throw people from an office or another working environment into a place where you're being more social, where there's alcohol involved, people's inhibitions change, people's ex- expectations of what they can do or should do change as well. And that's not always welcomed. And that's going back to the definition of sexual harassment, it's unwelcome conduct. All right. There's a lot of issues that happen around Christmas parties, unfortunately.
0: I have a lot of questions here. Now, some would be more in relation to employment law than, I suppose, HR. But I'll throw them at you anyway, and you might know the answers. Sure. Uh, somebody says, I have two questions about work. Um, I Should an employee, employer pay extra for work on Sundays? And if yes, how much? Or for working night shifts, should they be paid more extra uh, than a day shift, and if yes, how much? Thanks so much. Okay, so is there still an obligation? Years ago, of course, people got time and a half on a Sunday. Um, I suppose it all depends on what's in your contract when you sign a contract to work for the company, does it? Or is that, is that the way it works? or Are you still entitled? Yeah, enticing? I mean,
1: that, that would be the thing. If you sign a contract, your contract may state within it that your wage is inclusive of a Sunday premium. And as long as you're not earning, say, you know, the, the minimum wage, then they can do that. Um, there's no minimum of what somebody can state as the Sunday premium. I think um, there was quite a – I'm not going to name the shame but there's a high-profile company quite a few years ago who, who got away with paying $0.14 cent per hour extra on a Sunday. So it's really up to the discretion of the employer. Now, the WRC do state that it should be between
0: um, you know, 15 and 25%, for example, uh, Years ago, it used to be time and a half, didn't it, or something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, and some companies paid uh, double pay at at some point in the past as well. But those days are are gone for for many, many places.
0: Okay. Um, Niall, I'm a chef. I've worked in the industry for years. I am a brilliant chef. (laughs) This is good to know. Is that Paul Travaux (laughs) texting in? Um, Great ethics, love food and cork accordingly. Uh, My only downfall being a woman. I've had to work twice as hard... If not more, and subjected to discrimination that uh, we as women laugh off uh, to fit in or whatever, I don't know. And when we stand up and speak, our voice were labelled as difficult. Now that's kind of common problem, isn't it, for women? So if they do stand up for their rights, oh, she's awkward, she's difficult. Yeah. You know, so in other words, women have to fight twice as hard to get the same promotions. Is that a common problem now? You're you're still seeing in HR.
1: I mean, yeah, there are also... still serious issues that, fit, that women face in the workplace. And, and she also works in kitchens, in professional kitchens, which are notoriously difficult working environments generally, and women have suffered in those environments. The, the only advice you can give them is that they do have equal rights, that because they're working in somewhere where we know that it can be difficult, that we've seen Gordon Ramsay shouting on a TV show, that's not acceptable and they do not have to accept it. It's not, you know, they don't have separate rules because of the, the industry that they work
0: in, you know. Is it, is it still okay for your boss like, to shout at you, by up. the way? Is it still okay for your boss to, to ever shout at you, you know, if they're annoyed with you over something you did? or Is, is that ever still acceptable behavior anymore or is that, are those days gone?
1: I mean, if you are going to be someone that raises your voice to people in the workplace and you do run the risk of having a complaint made against you, and then it goes to an investigation and it's on the investigator to decide whether or not that that um, behavior is inappropriate, my personal feeling is that you should never need to shout at somebody in the workplace. But, you know, I'm, I'm a HR professional. Yeah. Not everybody works that way. You know, we have people that work in construction and logistics and, and kitchens, as we've spoken about. Mm. But they do then run the risk of having a complaint made against them.
0: And um, somebody else is texting in about zero-hour contracts. Now, I, I, do we still have zero-hour contracts? We don't, do we? No, no, we don't do zero-hour contracts in, in
1: Ireland, no. That- we, there are different types of contracts. Those contracts are casual contracts. But that gives the employer the right to turn down the work as well. So
0: it's equal power on each side. Yeah, okay. We got rid of those about, about four or five exactly. years ago. I think they were they were kind of got rid of as far as I remember. Uh, somebody else wants to know: in my contract, can my boss ask me to tell them as soon as I'm pregnant? So obviously, in, in this person's contract, um, it must be their contract to work or something like that, or maybe the boss of everybody said them that she has to report as soon as she's pregnant.
1: I I, am, I mean I con- contracts, you know, ink ink take, paper takes ink. You can put what you want in the contract, whether or not that stands up outside of the contract. So, you know, it, it all boils down to, you know, her rights, her maternity rights, as an employee. Mm-hmm. She, you don't have to say it straight away.
0: Absolutely not. Yeah, because a lot of women don't want to tell anybody that they're at least three months pregnant for the, you know, in case yeah. they've had miscarriages in the past or whatever, you know.
1: Absolutely. I mean, to, to say that the employee needs to know as soon as you find out that you're pregnant, is it, it doesn't really stand up. Hmm. Even if you wanted to say, you know, oh, I, I just realized I was pregnant. It,
0: yeah. Sounds, so, to be honest with you, it sounds a bit cagey to have something like that in your contract in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they
1: aren't always uh, <laughs> based in law, they, they can go quite off piece quite often.
0: Yeah, I mean if you were advising an employer who or you were drawing up contracts for staff, I'm assuming you wouldn't put something like that in a contract.
1: That would be yeah, a, pretty much the first first thing you'd be looking to advise them to take out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Transparency, pay transparency, of course, is a big conversation at the moment in this country, which you can't avoid. I mean, what's coming down the line? You mentioned, you know, uh, if you have a company that's over 200 employees, there must be full transparency and, you know, internally in relation to who gets paid what. But I mean, can we see that number getting smaller? Is, is Is there going to be a case where there'll be full transparency for every company?
1: There will be at some point in the future. I think there is an e-directive coming down the line. that's going to be down the line around 2026 where it will be full um, reporting transparency. And the you know those who are between 150 and, and 250 employees, I believe it's going to be every three years you need to put across this, this pay transparency um, report. But at the minute, because it hasn't been brought into Irish law yet, it's, it's pretty much all up in the air. There is a date, I think it's June 7th. 2026, whereby we need to actually implement it into our laws, but at the moment it's an EU directive, so we're
0: not there yet. Uh, Somebody else says, um, can you go back and talk about the six months after probation? He said you uh, I'm assuming this person's listening intently. He said you can't access unfair dismissal until one year. Does this in effect mean that you can be fired for nothing up to one year? So can you be fired for nothing up to one year?
1: I, I wouldn't say you can be fired for nothing up to a year. But because you don't have access to the Unfair Dismissals Act until you have a year's service, there is less security during that period. So, you know, an employee can come to you and still say, look, we've, we've had these conversations throughout your employment and it's still not working out and we're, we're going to be leaving you go. You don't really have too much recourse as an employee to come back with. You can take an Industrial Relations Act claim but the awards of that claim are not binding. There's no, you know, yeah. The, the WRC adjudicator could say, "I think you've been treated unfairly. I recommend that this person be paid X amount, and the company would not have to pay it because
0: it's not a binding amount." Right. Okay. So, so yeah, it, it's so, so you so you pretty not, much don't have the same rights. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, also, in relation, oh, where was this other question? Here, I was trying to find. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about pay transparency already. Somebody else wants to know, by the way, uh, can a company force you to take holidays? The rules state the employer has to take your uh, opportunity with your family into an account. But there's nothing stopping the company refusing and making you take a different date. Uh, OK, so the, can the company turn around to you and say, well, look, you know, we close in August or August is not our busy period or January is not our busy period. You can take a holidays then, but you can't be taking it in July. That's our busy period. I mean, can a company force you to take holidays at a particular time?
1: Yes, they can. It'd be the short answer to it. The, the organization of working time acts a company to give an employee a month's notice that you need to take holiday at this time. It normally happens towards the end of the year. If the, if the company have a policy where they don't allow employees to, to carry holiday over until the next year, they can give them a month's notice and, and enforce holiday. Now, from an employee perspective you're going to have some pretty upset employees doing that but it is a legal right of an employer to do that okay. and again there are many companies who close to christmas so they might say in their contract you need to hold over five five days annual leave to ensure that you have enough leave and you won't be unpaid when the business is closed
0: yeah well, that, that's like the like way that. i operate here so literally but well, it depends on how christmas falls uh, because you've got those bank yeah. holidays and everything in there we come back on the show comes back on the air usually just after new year's day so from the day before Christmas Eve to New Year's Day, we. Not the, the radio station doesn't close, but the show this show is not on. So, um, right. and that that was a, by the way that was a decision many years ago for people who don't understand that why talk shows tend not to be on over the Christmas. <laughs> years ago, we made the decision, particularly in late night talk, there was no point in putting it on over the Christmas period because people were coming on <laughs> drunk all the time and saying things they shouldn't be saying. So we just kind of got rid of it. If somebody else wants to know: Can you just opt to take unpaid leave? For those days, I'm not too sure which days that person's talking about. So I, I imagine talking about the Christmas time or something along those lines. Yes, yes. I mean,
1: it would depend on on your on your employer. You know, I I, I feel like when it comes to the workplace, there there is nothing stopping you from going to your manager and having a conversation and seeing what they say. Mm-hmm. You know, they they could be open to the idea that you need to take time off. You know, and you know, something else that was introduced this year in terms of, you know, um, statutory protections for employees, the Missionary Provisions Act update. So within that, you know, you can have five days of unpaid leave for medical purposes to care for a child under 12. That didn't exist before. You know, there's also five days paid leave for victims of domestic violence now, which is, you know, it's very progressive as far as i is concerned, but... It's also very necessary, as we've, you know, it's been widely reported since 2020. There's been a huge huge mm. increase in, in domestic violence. So it's something that,
0: as an employer, you can't really ignore anymore because it's it's there in everyday life. Okay, there's a couple more questions here. but now Some of these may be more of an, in, in relation to employment law itself, but I think you may have answered this one already uh, in respect of holidays. Uh, somebody says, can you take holidays from this year over to the following year? Well, I, I suppose you can if your employer agrees to let you do it, but generally speaking, I would imagine no is the answer to that question.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of employers will allow you to carry over um, holiday to the following year. Um, it's normally in the contract they'll allow you to do it and possibly three months after the year. It depends on when your your holiday le- year runs from. It could be um, could be April to the following March or it could be January to December. It just depends. But the company will have that in their in their handbook or in your contract to say whether or not you can carry holiday over. Now, if I know I know
0: during COVID, a lot of companies extended that period for staff because, of oh, course... Yeah, they had to. Yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah. And some people yeah. still have those legacy holidays hanging around. Um, <laughs> so it's done well to hold on to them that long. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. Well, look, by the way, if people want to go to Insight HR, um, can the general public go to Insight HR or is it mainly just for employer employers? It,
1: it we, we work for companies, so mm. we work with, with businesses rather than um, employees as such. Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. okay. Well, if there is employers listening, um, they can contact Absolutely. you if they need to get advice. If you don't have a large company, I suppose, and you don't need to have your own um, on-site HR. I mean, we, we do
1: advise companies with HR departments. So, you know, we, we, deal, we work with HR directors, oh, okay. business partners, HR managers, you know, when, when they want to do large projects, um, competency frameworks, or even if they need help with an investigation because they're too close or they may know the person who needs the investigation or is involved in it, then we come in and act as an impartial party to do those as well. And yeah. training.
0: We do training in, in a wide variety of areas. I oh, am yeah. manual handling and all that kind of stuff, I imagine. And... Not manual handling, so but, uh, but we do do
1: um, dignity and respect training, mm. um, performance management and oh, things okay. like okay.
0: that nature. Okay, Yeah well look um, sorry it's just some of the texts that are going in here funny now at the moment anyway thank you very much indeed and I appreciate you coming on the air um, and Hope uh, we man. hopefully we'll get you on again because there's been a great reaction a lot of questions by the way I get to spend all night asking some of them, but I know some of them are very much more based around employment law as well which is something very different too uh, Joe Thompson HR consultant with Insight HR thank you very much indeed for coming on the air and talking to us
1: thanks for having me bye bye Real People Real Opinions Real Talk Radio, the
0: multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.